a podcast with you in mind. I am your host, Steph Roach, and today I am here with a very special guest. Hey, Amanda Durbro, how are you? Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to talk about our friendship and how we have created this relationship from social media into actual real life. So Mm -hmm. let's go into talking about who you are and how we connected. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from and how we Sure. Yeah, so I'm Amanda Durbro. Um, Steph and I met through Instagram, through social media. I have a handle, um, Unstoppable Mama Bear, and it's all about my daughter, Colby who is now four and a half, which is crazy because I feel like when we met, she was so teeny tiny, Um, but she has CP. So Steph and I connected through that and have just built this friendship since. We live out in New Jersey. She's out in Arizona, but we have actually met in person at this point um, and talk on the phone and text and we're we're friends. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I think the power of social media, I mean, social media can be, you know, there's definitely some downsides to it and can be super heavy at times. But I really think that social media is this powerful tool that people can really take advantage of. And to your credit, you know, she, uh, her husband was coming out here to Arizona for um, a work conference and she kind of tagged along just uh, Mm -hmm. to meet me, which I felt super honored. (laughs) Uh, to, be able to, to hang out. I feel like we've known each other our entire lives. But um, as we go through this conversation, I really want to talk about what it's like being the parent raising a kid with CP, because I know the other side. I know Colby's kind of perspective. Obviously, we're a couple years apart from each other. But yeah, knowing uh, your perspective from somebody that's around my age. So I think that's a really cool perspective that I'd love to kind of start our conversation on. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about Colby's story and, and what that looks like, um, you know, four and a half Sure. Years. Yeah, so, oh gosh, where do you even start? So Colby um, was born prematurely. She was born at 23 weeks. Uh, she was a twin. So her and her brother were less, they were one pound, two ounces, one pound, four ounces. Um, we lost Bennett about four days after, excuse me, two days after they, uh, were born. Um, and Colby was in the NICU for 153 days. So while she was in there, she had a bilateral brain bleed and, developed hydrocephalus from it. So she had the brain bleed, which caused some damage. And then when it healed, it created the hydro. Um, So she now four and a half years later has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Um, She still has a shunt that helps drain the fluid from her head down into her abdomen cavity. Um, And she's kicking butt. She, uh, we have, she's had six brain surgeries at this point and knock on wood, haven't had any in the past three years. I want to say they were all very close to when we were in the NICU, when we were discharged. Um, and she's had eye surgery as well. So she's just, I hand her papers to doctors and said, okay, here's her chart. And they go, wait, this is the same kid. How is that possible? You know? And, uh, because she's just this medical miracle. Like she's, got so much going on, but you would never know it. You would just never know it. Um, so yeah, now she is four and a half and to get around, she uses a walker, a mix of 
so many things, a walker and crutches, forearm crutches and uh, tripod canes. And then sometimes she holds her hand. Sometimes she crawls because she still does that to get around and be a kid. Um, and we're just learning. We're learning so, so much. You know, I think it's awesome. Um, the way that you allow Colby to kind of use any accessibility devices that she kind of gravitates towards. For those that don't know, can you explain in simpler terms, um, Colby's kind of CP, right? So there are many different forms of CP. I guess the way that I explain it is that I have a mild form of spastic CP. When I look sure. at Colby, it's kind of like looking in a mirror. Yeah, yeah. But if, you, uh, if you were to describe it to people, what do you tell them? So, and that's a, a great question because people will look at her and go, all right, so what are we doing here? How does this work? And for Colby, I usually explain that it's her lower half that's more affected. Her legs work differently. Um, she's tighter. She has high tone and is spastic, but she doesn't really have too much affected on her upper half. So her arms, and we see it a little bit in her left hand, but only if you know her really well, if you ask her to like reach up and you do a test for it, otherwise you have no idea. Um, so her legs, have a, I mean, adjusted because of the CP and how tight they are. They turn in sometimes, they go straight sometimes. Um, but that's how I explain it. It's just a weaker lower half as far as mobility goes. I think too, um, one of the things you and I have talked about is how she gets around in the house and how sometimes she chooses to use some of her toys as accessibility devices, yes. which yes. I would have like never thought about. But I think that that's so cool allowing her to really gravitate toward you know if she wanted to get on like a trike that you bought her when she was a little kid yeah. and she still uses that to kind of get around um what is it like on your in your day-to-day -day life i know you do have laney so you have a younger mm -hmm. daughter as well what is that balance like where you know colby needs a little extra help but you've also got a two-year-old that you know, is running around. Yeah. Like, oh. oh gosh, absolutely. And and you know what? To speak about her using other things and going around the house, it can be hard sometimes. As a as the mom who wants to push her and make her do more, do more, do more. Sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, let her use the trike, let her crawl. She's playing. She's having fun. So even we just got back from vacation, and one of the things because she's old enough now too, where I can kind of kind of talk to her and explain these things. I said. Uh, Colbs, you know, when we move around the house, we're home from vacation, we have a new rule, we have a new game we're going to play. When you go from room to room, I want you to use something other than crawling. I want you to use your walker. I want you to, you tell me how you want to get around. When you're in the room, you can crawl. It's fine. Go ahead. But I'm trying to set boundaries because she'll shoot across the house crawling and, and there's no problem with it but I know that I have to push her a little bit more. So it's hard to find that balance. And then with the two-year-old, oh man, I mean, Lane actually is a big help. She's, and Colby's a big help with Lane too, right? So um, I kind of anticipated it being a really tough balance and it being something that I was going to have to plan out in my head and figure out. And they're just a whirlwind together at the same time. And we kind of just go with it. One of the biggest things that you and I have talked about and we walked through and found kind of solutions 
for was getting out of the house, like literally getting out of the house from inside through the threshold of the door down our front steps. That was something that was super challenging because Colby can't do that on her own with stairs because it's gravel and it doesn't feel good on her legs. Um, and then when you're carrying a baby or a two-year-old, it was a lot. So that that's something that we ended up getting a small ramp for the front of the house. And, you know, you and I plotted all these things together. <laughs> yeah, I, I think too, it's like, we also have to understand that she's still four and a half, right? right. So cognitively, yes, she understands everything and she's so smart, but she's still only four and a half, right? Right. She's so such a kid. Yes. We, we kind of together, I think it's been so interesting because we are so similar. It's like, kind of weird sometimes yeah but, um we we are so similar that you do have a little bit of a roadmap to kind of follow but at the end of the day she's also living in a different world you know mm -hmm. it sounds kind of old school but i was born almost 33 years ago and the world is completely different when it comes to right. you know accessibility devices what kids see on a daily basis how they interact with one another and watching Colby be so social and want to interact, I find that to be, you know, such a wonderful experience. Um, I know you and I have talked about how she really like stands up for herself and she mm -hmm. uses her voice and she uses her, her confidence and understands what's going on inside her body and around her. Um, can you talk a little bit about what those social situations are like? Sure. So she, she knows how to navigate them. And, and when I, as a mom, you try to anticipate situations and you try to, for any mom, right? You know, it, it doesn't even matter whether the kid is able-bodied or not. You know, you, you go in thinking, okay, how can I navigate these things for them? Um, and Colby has taught me that she navigates them without me <laughs> and she goes to school five days a week. So I have to remember there's a, a large chunk of time that she's not with me, but um, we've been at birthday parties. We've been in stores. We've were just at Sesame place today. And she does such a good job of telling us what she needs when she needs it. You know, she will look at us and say, I'm kind of tired. I think I need a break. And we give it to her, you know, and, but then there's other times where she's like, oh, my feet are a little sore, but I think I can push through it. And we're like, all right, go Colbs. You tell us when, where that line is. Um, socially, you know, people have come up to her and we had a, a little girl the other day who came up and kind of went to touch her and to see if she was a, a doll or what she was, cause she had this pretty silver walker. I don't really know what the situation was. So Colby looked at her and she said, hi, I'm Colby. What's your name? And the girl was like, oh, oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> oh you talk. Right. Kind of looked at her like, what's your deal? Why are you touching me? What's going on? And she, yeah. you know, so she will advocate for that. And she will speak up when she feels like she needs her walker over her crutches, or if there's something that's bothering her, poking her. I mean, again, she's still four, so she hasn't been in these crazy situations yet, but even at school, she'll, she'll come home and say, oh, the kids were running and I couldn't keep up, but I told them to come play with me over here. And I said, well, cool. That's the best way to do it. Find something that's fun for you too. And, and so she does a really good job. I find it so interesting too. When we first met, you told me um, about your background because I was so like invested even before we met mm -hmm. in person of just how you let 
yourself, allow Colby to be herself. And I know that sounds weird, but a lot of parents kind of like to be these helicopter parents. And I think that, yes, in some cases, especially for kids that have different needs, they need a little bit more of, especially when they're younger, like a little bit more guidance or a little bit more of like the hovering factor. But you really allow Colby to be who she is at four and a half. And I thought that was a really big deal. But then you explained to me your background and I'd love for you to share that with people because I think in a way it kind of gave you like a, like a heads up. <laughs> in a sense. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, and, and it's, so when I let Colby be Colby though, stuff, I have to tell you, I hear your voice in my head because what a year and a half ago, whenever, <laughs> two years ago, when we went live, the thing that you said to me was let Colby be Colby yeah. and I got it, but I didn't get it. Yeah. And since then it, um, I, it resonates and I understand it. Um, I'm a special ed teacher. So that's something that it's helped, but my students are so different, right? And my students are cognitively impaired and have autism and have communication disorders and Colby's physically impaired. So it's, it's different where I definitely have the background of the schooling part of it, as far as what she, what to advocate for, what she's entitled to IEPs up and down acronyms. But as far as the parenting part goes, I feel like God was like, ha ha ha, you think you know what you're doing? I'm going to give you something different instead. <laughs> so it's been, it's been tricky. And, and I think, yeah, I do think it has helped because I know that each individual has something valuable and is a part of society. And it, it doesn't matter who you are, how you speak, what you can and can't do or able to do or not yet. You know, it, it, that I guess maybe helped, but um, no, I feel like I was thrown a curve bar or curveball with Colby yeah. because <laughs> I look sometimes and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do here. I just don't know what to do. I think too, uh, and this might just be from my perspective. I grew up with three siblings. You know, I grew up, um, from, you know, from when we were born to about 11 years old with three other siblings. And then I have a bunch of other step siblings and everyone was able-bodied. So around me was no different, right? And I think in a way, and they're not twins, so to speak, you know, Colby and Lee, they're not twins, but they're very close right. in age. Where my twin brother and I, I was watching him do stuff that I just wanted to do because he was doing it. You know, I watched my- Right, and that's, yeah. I watched my sister do stuff and I just wanted to do it because she was doing it. So I think in a way, that's kind of like your secret superpower. <laughs> mm -hmm, like, I mm -hmm. should be older because you, you don't really show them, um, you know, specialty or one over the other. So right, I right. think it's going to be so fun to watch them kind of grow together. Oh my together gosh, absolutely. See the yeah, they're, they're wild already. They're wild. And let me tell you, you know, having a kid that has an IEP and has a different need, I feel like it's helped me as a teacher too. You know, there's been, and I was always, I'm always, you know me, I have a big mouth. I don't oh, hold back. I, I think say that's why we get along. <laughs> right. I mean, it just, it makes sense, but I find myself, I was always an advocate. I was always that advocate teacher for sure, but I'm advocating even harder now. And I've been in meetings where I could tell the parent 
wasn't ready to end the meeting. There was something more. And I'd be like, hey, 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 what do you want to talk about? Let's go mom to mom. What are we doing here? And and it kind of, it's it's changed me as a teacher too, which is interesting because you would think, it, like you said, it would be the other way, but it's definitely opened my eyes from a different perspective. Do you think Colby is going to gravitate toward being involved in the able-bodied world more, the adaptive world, or being okay with doing both? Because you and I have talked at length mm -hmm. that I, I really struggled with that as a kid because my world was consumed by so many people that were able-bodied and there was nothing wrong with it. But like, I just couldn't find my comfort zone in that adaptive world right. for what I think is way too long. <laughs> Um, but now that I am, you know, kind of intertwined in both of those communities, you know, I can definitely see the difference. Yeah, I think watching you <laughs> has taught me that. And so if you were to ask me that before, it sounds so silly, before social media, before I learned so, so much, I probably would have said, oh, you know, I hope that she feels comfortable in the able-bodied world and that you can't see her differences and blah, 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 cliche, cliche. But I don't feel like that anymore. And I hope that she feels comfortable in both. You know, I think um, there's something to be said about being like people around people who are like you and understand you. And that's every community, you know, that's, that's even NICU moms and moms of kids with CP and teacher, like anything it, it, there's something to be said about it. Uh, we are hopefully going to get her started in some adaptive sports soon. We have a couple calls out. She's only four and a half, but one of the things I said to Colin is other four-year-olds are playing soccer right now. Other four-year-olds are playing t-ball and it's hard because you can't, we don't have very many opportunities to start these sports at a young age for these kids. Um, so hopefully, hopefully soon we're going to cut some lines and figure it out. <laughs> but I, I want to get her on a team just for the camaraderie of it. I think her confidence is my favorite thing of like all time, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you and I, we, we talk a lot and we FaceTime a lot. And I, I mm. never thought you know, I would literally fall in love with your children and vice versa. But like we were on FaceTime the other day and Colby and Lainey wanted to tell me about their day and like what they're oh, yeah. And so just knowing that she's like, she's okay, like immersing herself in a situation where she doesn't necessarily know the outcome, but she's down to find out, mm -hmm. right? Um, let me ask you, what's something that looking back four and a half, even five years ago, you know, uh, well, four and a half years ago, she's born and you're getting all of these perspectives from doctors, mm. from nurses. Looking back now, what would you go back and tell yourself that might be different from what you had heard four and a half years ago? Uh, oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. Um, I think the biggest one for me that I, I'm proud of myself for now is that I no longer hold on to milestones. I don't hang on words. So, and I think I, I might've said this to you at one point we've had, and by no fault of theirs, like, I don't want it to seem like people have ill intentions or they don't know what they're doing. I've had, I can't even tell you how many people say to me, Oh, 
by the time she gets that walker, she's not going to need it. She's going to be flying. And I would be like, yes, okay. She doesn't need the walker. She's going to be walking. She's going to be walking in like three days or, oh my gosh. And that's even before that, she's about to crawl. You just wait. And she didn't crawl from six months after that. Oh. But I would hang on these like, oh, well, they're the professional. They know, they know. And, and she's going to do it. She's going to do it. Now saying it in the weirdest way possible, I don't care if she does it. Do I want her to? Absolutely. I would love for her to walk one day because I know it'll help her. I know it'll be easier. But if it's not, and if if she doesn't, it's okay. It's all right because she's she's here and she's doing things and she's exactly who she's supposed to be right now. And she will be exactly who she's supposed to be in the future. But it took me a really long time to not hang on those words and not hold that, you know, so close. And then when that timeline, when the walker came and she needed the walker, to not be defeated to not be like oh we missed it we missed the yeah. boat here because I mean, we didn't i mean she's running around like a maniac we didn't miss the boat <laughs> she is walking she's doing it her own way accessibility uh device shaming is a real thing yes like, yes i don't even think i really realized it until a couple of years ago when I, I would use my power chair and somebody said to me oh you're deciding to be lazy today and i was like what did you just say to me? <laughs> I'm like, if, if I use my power chair, I'm able to get stuff done around the house. I don't have to, you know, worry about like, am I going to drop something on my lap? Because I can use both hands. If I use my manual chair in the house, it's safer for me than using my crutches when somebody's not home. And it's like, people have this idea that just because you use an accessibility device there's some sort of shame around it and right. i mean i don't think that's at all true colby decide you know when she wants to use certain accessibility devices for what works for her what if you know she's 16 years old she's going out on her first date and her i don't know her walk oh, her first date yeah <laughs> isn't the best option well maybe she might use her manual chair you know what i'm saying right. maybe right. she might use her crutches and so like those are things that you know we laugh about now but like i kind of wish i would have had somebody like you to talk to like as i was going through it you know and i'm not sure. saying that i didn't have great support because i did but like we've talked about this perspective of like me now as the adult talking to somebody who has a kid with CP, it's like a whole other universe, right? Oh, absolutely. And how many times have I messaged you been like, real quick, here's what's <laughs> going on. Tell me what you think. Has this ever happened to you? What do I say? What do I do? And you're like, all right, take a breath and here we go. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's that having that the, your perspective for me is huge huge because it talks me off a ledge and points me in the right direction or we navigate it together until we figure it out which is really cool too let's talk a little bit about how we navigate things together because sometimes you and i hear <laughs> things or people will say things to us uh both oh, um, yes. and we we kind of bounce off each other but you were away on vacation a couple days ago and oh so yeah Somebody said something pretty interesting to you. So you want to set mm -hmm. that story up for us and kind of sure. Yeah, we were leaving dinner and the we were in the Outer Banks and a lot of the buildings are kind of old. So they have ramps, but they have giant ramps and they're rickety. It's not 
very accessible accessibility friendly, but fine. Um, but it was there. So Colby, we were, as we we're walking out, she's in her walker and being the kid that she is kind of, she starts going down the ramp, but she starts picking up speed because it's a downhill ramp. Um, and she's having a blast. She's going and some lady goes, Oh, that looks like fun. And it's funny because I don't know, the next day I asked my husband about it. I was like, do you hear that lady said he was like, that looks like fun. That bothered you too. And I said, yeah, it did bother me. And what I said to you was how I found it interesting because to me, it's no different than a kid without a walker, an able-bodied kid running down the ramp. She was just running, but because she had wheels with her, it looked like it was more fun to this lady. And I don't think that's really (laughs) something you say. Or just you walking down the stairs, right? Or up the stairs. We we talk about all the time, people often feel like they just have to say something. Exactly. Like, (laughs) yeah, and I don't, you know, this lady meant nothing by it. She probably thought, oh, look how sweet, look how cute. And Colby is really cute. And she is, she brings you in. Like we, people talk to us all the time, but it's no more fun than anything else. It, it, right. It's just the way you put it. Like you said, she just felt like she had to say something. I don't know. She's going to encounter that. You're going to encounter that. You're going to encounter people telling you how amazing you are and they could never do what you do because you're such an Mm -hmm. amazing mom having to deal with that. And yeah, you are an amazing mom, but it has nothing to do with the fact that she has CP. Um, Right. But I, I, I'm curious to see, does Colby ever get frustrated? Oh, yes. With, I mean, with a lot of things, but with other people or with her CP? I would say let's start with the CP first and see if she noticed, like, we'll talk about if she notices other people's mm-hmm. comments. Yeah, um, she does get frustrated with her CP. And one of the things that I I try really hard to figure out is if she's frustrated as a four-year-old and throwing, not a tantrum, because she doesn't really tantrum, but um, if it's that or if it's frustrated because she knows that there's limitations. Um, but she does, I don't say often, but she does say, I can't do it, I can't do it. Other kids say that too, but she uses it appropriately. She'll say things like, oh, I can't go as fast as them, or oh, I trying to take my shoes off and I just can't do it. You know, things yeah. that um, I think she watches her sister do with ease and everyday tasks and sometimes does get frustrated because she just can't do it. Um, when she does, we try and take a step back together and talk about how she can do it or what a different way that she would be able to do it and what would help her and, and try to break it down step by step for her and then cheer for her every step of the way, of course. But, you know, the other day she just we have a, you know, it's a, a kid potty, but the way that she uses it is obviously different than the way Lane uses it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so proud of herself because she went in, she turned the light on, she crawled up, she got up, she pulled her pants down, which is a big thing for her is actually being able to reach around and hold on with one hand. That was mommy, I got my pants down. We were <laughs> like, yeah, girl. Um, and, and she's so proud of herself because those moments have frustrated her before. She's, you know, get, tried to give up and we walk her through it, whether we just tell her to keep trying or we do it with her because yeah. um, we don't want that defeat. 
I think that it's, it's, like I said, it's so fun for me because I think about, like one of the things that I used to get so frustrated at, this is gonna sound so silly, probably even to you, but like an able-bodied person can stand and then mm -hmm. sit, sit into a crisscross applesauce. And I always, yeah. I always wanted to know what that felt like because <laughs> I'm not kidding you because all of my friends, we used to play jacks and oh. when, when people would have the jacks in front of them and also like throw the ball, they would always stand and sit into a crisscross applesauce mm. and I would stand and then go down to my knees and sit in a W which is right. apparently like a big no-no now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it was super comfortable. But I'm fine, so it's okay. <laughs> but like, I've always wanted to know what that felt like. And there's just gonna be things that in her life, you know, as much as we wanna try to create this utopian world of like, yes, we can do anything and be determined and, you know, really just be strong, independent women, there are things that I still wonder about, <laughs> you know? It, yeah, yeah. I think that's just gonna be reality as she goes through her, her life. Right, it's gonna be figuring out the way for her to do it rather than if she can do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to, you know, instill in her. Do you think she notices when people either say things or stare at her or look differently? Absolutely. More so lately, um, as she's getting older, but definitely, absolutely. Because she, she'll talk about it later. She doesn't necessarily bring it up right then and there. Like I said, she does come like, hi, I'm Colby. Like kind of, what are you looking at? But she'll bring it up later and say, mommy, why did they say this? Or, you know, why, why did they ask about my legs? Mommy, my legs do this. Why did they say they do that? Or, you know, she has, um, her eyes can turn in from time to time. She's actually getting that corrected soon. But somebody recently said, oh, does she wear glasses? And she got really embarrassed. She kind of like, we were eating on the way home from vacation and you could see her kind of curl up, which I haven't seen before when somebody comments on something. Uh -huh. um, so I try to model too how she can answer because I'll answer the person, but I want it to be the, the way that I want her to answer or that she would feel comfortable answering. Um, but afterwards she said, mommy, what's with my eyes? What's going on? And I said, oh, like, and so we talked about it, but yeah, she more so lately, she definitely does. But she also, I mean, she notices people that, that gravitate towards her and uh, people that have differences that gravitate towards her too. Yeah. Like she'll say, oh, mommy, that kid came over because they had braces too. And I said, I know, isn't that funny? She kind of draws people in like that. Does she know how to explain cerebral palsy yet? We're working on it. She says what she has, you know, I'll say, what's CP? What, why are your legs different than someone else's? Can you tell me why you use a walker? And so we kind of model and role play and, and do that often. She does say it as much as she understands it. I'm not sure yet, yeah. but she knows that it's, that CP is the reason she uses her walker, that her legs take a little more work to get going and, you know, and all the different things that we talk about her braces and her standing. What does she tell you she wants to be when she grows up right now? Oh, she says a kid doctor. Oh. Those are her words. Mommy, oh. I want to be a kid doctor. 
Oh, that's right. awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> I know. So that's I guess so the pediatrician. Cool. I guess that's what yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a kid doctor means, but that's so yeah. What's something that you look forward to Colby really doing with the rest of her life as she, you know, goes through life? Oh, so many things. Um, I, I really, I mean, I can't wait for her. We're, my husband was a baseball player. I was a rower. I can't wait for her to get into sports just because I see that fire in her. I yeah. really do. If she doesn't like it, that's fine. Okay, fine. But you know, I, you're, you always want your kids. You're like, oh, maybe she could be a rower. Maybe she could do this. Um, I just can't wait for her to like find her thing. You know, she's a kid right now. So it's every kid plays soccer and every kid does this. But I feel like she kind of has a different opportunity to really even if it's not sports, find her, her thing, her groove and represent herself by using it. Um, will she be on social media? I don't know. Will she, you know, just influence somebody down the street that needs a little bit of help? Perfect. I, I think she just, she is such a bright light um, wherever we go and, and brings people out of their shells wherever we are. So I really, I can't wait to see how she does that through yeah. something yeah we've talked a little bit about you've mentioned your husband a couple of times um one yeah. of the questions that i have is how has this um either affected your relationship or maybe even brought you guys closer together um because obviously cp isn't something that you know ahead of time right and you guys also right went, you went through a huge you know life-altering change by losing bennett so has yeah absolutely been, what has this done for your relationship? I mean, we're, we've only gotten closer and stronger. Um, one of the stories, well, so when we lost Bennett, it was in the NICU. And a couple days out, we sat down with the social worker, as you do, and you go over a couple things. And she said to us, she's like, I got to tell you guys, what I saw with you two was beautiful. She said, I know it sounds crazy because you were going through a loss. Like I was holding him. We were obviously a mess, um, but she said, I watched you guys instead of, she's like, I've seen couples in that moment of loss start to go like this. And she's like, I watched you guys come together and you guys, she said it was just something. And I think since then, and we've always obviously been close, we're married, we have a great relationship, yeah. but you know, I think it's just made us talk about things, communicate things. There's always moments of frustration where mom feels like she has the answer and she knows how to do it. I mean, but I think that's any relationship. <laughs> You're always like, I know what I'm doing here. Just do what I do. Um, but he, he is the ultimate dad. He really is. And he, we were able to navigate it together and sit down and talk things out and it just works. You know, we're, I don't know. And we communicated before that, but it's made us have to communicate even more. So it's, it's been something that has, you know, we've, you can finish each other's sentences even more so. <laughs> I love. You might not like it, but <laughs> it's true. I love watching your your extended family too be so involved in supporting Colby and supporting yeah. your family as a whole. Because as she gets older, she's gonna find that not every family is like that. You know, I uh, I told somebody the other day that like my grandparents' house, my aunt, my uncle's house, they all have accessible what we call step rooms and mm. in each of their houses i'm able to go in without any barriers whatsoever and 
the person oh, that's so cool yeah the person said to me they're like wow that's incredible and i was like yeah isn't anyone like not everyone right shouldn't right shouldn't like, be like that right. <laughs> but like that was always the standard that was set for our mm-hmm. family so like my aunt and uncle that live here in Arizona, they have like a, an accessible bathroom, an accessible uh, bedroom. And you know, if, God, if for some reason I was to stay over there, my aunt and uncle that live in, in Utah, you know, mm-hmm. I helped them design their whole, whole like bedroom that's, area. Yeah. And so to see that that's, you know, part of her everyday life is really cool just to see the amount of um love and support that they have I, I know I think it's your brother-in-law is like really good with um like creating things. oh yeah yeah so yes my my best friend's husband would basically okay, my yeah. brother-in-law at this point absolutely yeah he's an engineer so his wheels no pun intended are always working yeah and yeah he was the one that discovered to put the noodles on the wheels of the walker for the snow so that it would glide and then he found beach tires and put them on her old walker. So then she could go on the beach and, and roll around. He's always looking at different things. He's got one of those, um, I don't know where it cuts things out. And it's. I can ask Ty. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's not a cricket. Clearly it's not a cricket, but it's, oh, a 3D printer. Like one of those okay, 3D printers, yeah. but he is in the works of making Barbie accessories for Colby to match Colby. Where, because you know, you're an American girl too, because you find the wheelchair, but you don't find the walker, or you find like one or the other. So he's he's being Uncle Dan and being wonderful and doing all these things for her. I think Uncle Dan needs to make me a couple of Barbie pieces. Yeah, yeah, he would love to. (laughs) That would be awesome. All right, I'm going to end with this question. I think it's a pretty cool question. But if you could give any advice to a mom, or a dad, a set of parents that are in the NICU right now, and they have no idea about the road ahead, what would you tell them? Am I allowed to steal your advice? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it really, and I feel like I need to get this tattooed across my face at some point. It's just let Colby be Colby. Um, Let them be exactly who they are supposed to be. You know, there's part of being a parent any parent is to push your kid forward, but do it just like you would with any other kid. Don't, don't extra do it. Um, let her, let him or her be exactly who they're meant to be. Absolutely. I think that's pretty yeah. awesome advice. Well, you taught me that, Steph, <laughs> well, my friend. <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share with people before we say goodbye? No, I'm just so happy to see you. I miss you so much. Oh, I miss you too. Well, if people are looking to follow you on social media because you are a powerhouse, you use your voice, where can people find you? And if they wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do so? Sure. So just through Instagram, um, it's Unstoppable Mama Bear. And you'll see Colby and I right there. She is the Unstoppable Mama Bear. Well, I appreciate having you. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm so glad we came into each other's lives. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Staying Driven Podcast, and we will see you next time.